ain't say I do just to say I don't. Don't give me no reason to go through your phone. This is deeper than you and other women. And this is a daddy issue. This is put it out. What a wrong time, niggas. <laughs> so hold on, hold on, don't let me go. Hold on, hold on. Hey, hey. Hold on, hold on, don't let me go. Ooh. Hold on, hold on. Sweetheart. Yeah. That's a perfect song. That's a good song. That's a really good song. <laughs> That's a re- I and when I hear the song, it makes me really sad that the industry and the people and the demographic did not accept Tiana Taylor in a way that she felt like she should have been accepted. Yeah. Cause what a well written, vulnerable, groovy, well sung, well performed. It's a good album. Keep that same energy is a really good album. Yeah. Seven out of seven. <laughs> seven tracks out of seven tracks but you know what this ain't no music review podcast and we already gave our Paul Ropes and Negro of the Week to Tiana Taylor that must mean we fans over here you got the ones on right now sweetheart no you got on your fuzzy slippers that's alright start the show <laughs> it's all good You gotta love the theme song. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. And welcome back to another episode of Who Wake and Bake. We get Tuesday and Thursday, 8 a.m. ish. Spark you a bold blunt, get high in this bitch. Wake and bake, we be more. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome back to another episode of Wake Up Make with BMO. I am your host, culture analyst, uh, the nigga that's often screaming on the internet at 8 o'clock in the morning. It's me, Brian Brown, but the good folks remind me to BMO. I'm here with the reminder to keep my heart going, the thump, 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 thump in the middle of my body. That's right. Make sure we're saying good morning to the oh-so-beautiful uh, lady of the house. Good morning, lady of the house. Good morning. Yes, for that. Good morning. How you doing? I'm, I'm okay. I'm pretty good. You doing all right? I'm okay. Just just a day? It's Thursday. Ready to get paid. <laughs> Ready to get paid. Gotta go pick up a check like I'm on welfare here in a minute. Good Lord. <laughs> Let me tell you something. To go on a quick early rant. If you are uh uh paying niggas, direct deposit only, okay? Okay. okay. Why is niggas waiting on checks in the in the year of our Lord 2023? That's crazy. That's all right, though. I'm going to get this money. I tell you that. They better not be watching because I'm going to still get this money. Don't mm. worry about it. Um, again, welcome back to the show. We want to thank the good folks over at the Washington Former Bridge, WIBridgeDC.com or WIBridgeDC on all social media platforms. They are responsible for supporting the show, uh, providing some of the distribution networks and some of the physical support that we need in order for us to take this show to the actual physical 
uh, uh, execution level beyond just us talking shit on the internet. So we want to thank the good folks over at the Washington Former Bridge. As always, you can go over there and check them out. You can always uh, check out the New Blueprints newsletter, which is the written machinations of this show here, a little more organized with some fact checks going on just to get you uh, uh, the full idea of what's going on here. So make sure you go to New Blueprints newsletter at bmobrown.substack.com the lady house is putting up the lower third right now if you want to follow along we need the five if you got the five if you don't got the five go ahead and holler at me for the scholarship but just become a free subscriber the whole point is to make sure that we take these things that we talk about on the show and make sure they have a real world impact in real life i love doing the podcast i love recording content for recording sake but i would also love to see a change in black behavior i don't know why i just raised the roof of my hair just now but you know it is what it is it's early it's early in the morning we got some great things we want to talk about you talk about with you today now we got some people in the house we got some people in the house yeah. who in the house we got rock boys in the house tonight <laughs> who in the house we got drew on youtube what up drew good morning man i don't know if he's still here but re-up alex i guess that's alex you said what up re-up alex re-up alex that's not alex like your friend alex Sweetheart. No. What? Mm -mm. All I right. think, is that him? Wait, I got to see his face. Yes, what does his face look like? It's it's a guy with a hat on and like blowing smoke out his mouth. All right, maybe that's him. I mean, you maybe, see, I, I, I told know? you he doesn't exist. He doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know what he looks like. I told you. He doesn't exist. I told you. I don't know his Instagram. Is his name? It's, uh, whatever. Who else? Who else is here? Uh, uh, what's his name? <laughs> Paris was here. I don't know if he's still here. Okay, Paris. What up, man? Hey, Paris. My hero. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Pardon me. Yeah, All right. right. <laughs> and we got Rodwa. Rodwa. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. Good morning to the people. We have some great topics we want to talk about this morning. It is Thursday, so you know what that means, sweetheart. It's time for the Paul Robeson Negro of the Week Award. Uh, but before we get to the Paul Robeson Negro of the Week Award, we have... Uh, which the Paul Robeson Negro of the Week Award is not black. Although it is inherently black, the person presenting the information is not black. Stick around for that after the break. Uh, but first, we have a conversation that kind of follows up on a conversation we've been having for a few years, sweetheart. Mm -hmm. uh, the question is, what do we do with these niggas with money? Yeah. We talked about it on Tuesday as it pertains to my, a good artist that I enjoy. His name is X Payne. He put out an art. It was called Basquiat versus Jigga, in which it depicts Basquiat throwing Tiffany blue paint all over uh, Jay Z and then subsequently Beyonce as well. All of this coming from a conversation that the friends of Basquiat, some of the people who actually own part of his estate, do not appreciate how Jay-Z is using the Basquiat art and image to basically uh, uh, commercialize the artistic feeling. And so we left that conversation thinking like, what are we supposed to do with Nick? What are we supposed to do with niggas with money? If this nigga got all the Basquiat's and Basquiat was trying to change the world through an artistic image, how is it this nigga gets to hold this shit in the living room while the rest of the black community does not get to enjoy this message? So what are we supposed to do with money? And the lady of the house and I, we talked about this a uh, couple of weeks ago when we were talking about the death of Afrofuturism, meaning the rise of Afro-surrealism. We showed the trailer for a show called I Am Virgo, which is a prime show that I am now 
highly recommending. Actually, if you haven't watched it, it's the same offense as not watching Lovecraft Country or Insecure. I heard a nigga the other day say they didn't know where Yvonne Orgy came from. And what? I'm like, how? How did you miss that? How? How did, how did you miss all of Insecure? Right. Six seasons? I don't know. You can't take people's black away, but I can put that nigga on probation. I tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> nigga, you better watch it. <laughs> uh, I am now highly uh, recommending I Am Virgo as a necessary show for black liberation. And we're gonna, I'm going to show you an example here because this nigga Boots Riley yeah. is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Is ridiculous. But before we get to Boots, um, one of the... I got. I gotta. Be, I gotta be honest here, sweetheart. Can I tell my truth on the show? Yeah. I gotta be honest here. One of the reasons why I was empowered to become an entrepreneur, to invest in myself, to take that risk, um, was because of that Dame Dash interview on the Breakfast Club. Okay. Um, when Dame Dash said, "If you're not putting up your own money," then no matter what they call you, you're a supervisor, that hit. Mm -hmm. uh, and the reason why that hit is right before entrepreneurialism, y'all will know this, I was working at a nonprofit called After School All-Stars, and After School All-Stars was a after-school program education base. Somewhere in the last 90 days of me working there, I had a revelation about how the skills and the energy that I'm putting into the community meant absolutely nothing on a macro scale if the organization, if the organization's only intention is to try to rid white guilt. Right. I am only adding to that purpose. Why? Because I didn't put up my own money. Why? Because it wasn't my organization. Why? Because no matter how strongly I felt about the vision and how I wanted to execute it, it meant nothing if the person who actually owned the vision decided to shift or be nefarious in, the, in, their, in their vision to try to uh, uh, obtain another goal. So me working part of that is not uh, uh, fixing the system, it's adding to the system. And if anything, adding my very passionate talents to that system is even worse. Right. I'd have been better being mid, right? <laughs> if I was trash at a job that was a nefarious way of taking resources from the black community, that'd have been better than being excellent at it. Let me get back to my point, though. I saw that when Dame Dash said, if you don't put up your own money, at best you're a supervisor, and it hit me in a way in a very particular part of time where it was like, damn, everything that I'm doing is actually just supervising the efforts of someone else. How do I make an impact that I believe is more impactful, more efficient, more effective towards my people outside of these systems? Mm -hmm. uh, and so I became an entrepreneur because that just made sense to me to own as much of the process of wealth creation within myself and as much of the process as creating solutions within my community. If I own that, then I'm not worried about Target coming in doing their thing. I'm not worried about Sherman Williams. I don't know why Sherman Williams was my second company. <laughs> but I'm not worried about Sherman Williams coming in and painting over my vision. I like that metaphor I just set up, though. Yeah. I'm not worried about it because it's mine. Yeah. So I was scrolling through the, through the, through the social medias, as you do as a millennial and Gen Z and Gen Alpha and as the rest of... I hope they, I hope Generation Beta break this cycle, okay? We gotta get off of social media. This shit is 
killing us. Is that a, is that a new blueprint? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> it shouldn't have been a blueprint to begin with. We got to get off of this shit. Uh, but I was scrolling through, and the reason why I do like social media for some reason is because I came upon this video. It was an interview with this dude named Loon who was absolutely sucking Charlemagne's dick through the interview, interviewing Charlemagne. I want to play this four-minute clip. I know it's a little long. I'm a roller blunt while we're doing it. Play this four-minute clip. I might jump in and give you some comments. But if you're on Instagram, jump on over to the to the YouTube or to the Twitter so you can see the whole thing. But it's a clip of Loon interviewing Charlemagne and he intercuts he intercuts it with other examples that he's talking about. Let's watch that video. I'm gonna take some notes and roll a blunt while we watch it. Can you do that at the same time? Can you take notes and roll a blunt? We're gonna figure that strategy out too. We're gonna watch this video. I'll be coming right back uh with some comments that we have about what are we supposed to do with niggas with money. And I don't see a lot of people saying good morning to the lady in the house. I mean what's up? I mean we got we got one from Drew. Okay for yeah. sure. One yeah. <laughs> um. That Dame Dash interview. I think that sent it although the message was pure and it was a good message, I think it sent a level of confusion through the market. Oh, I agree. I think that it, it kind of put people in a position not to understand that you can do this, one hand wash the other, both wash the face. You know, and I think some people who say your name with the corporate tag attached to it, I think they lean on those kind of moments. Right. <laughs> fuck about props? I can't, my, yeah, I do get my props. I'm not a mogul, I'm a tycoon, I sell oil. Don't disrespect me and say I do everything everybody else does, and I put up my own money. All these so-called moguls y'all talking about, you mm -hmm. name one of them that put their own dough up. You a boss, you're only the boss if you put up your own money. If you don't put up your own money, I don't care how much somebody gives you, you're nothing but a supervisor, it's not yours. So how much money can you get paid to not, I, there's no money in this world for someone to pay me so they could call me, so I could call them a boss. That's like calling somebody daddy. That's How can a man call another man, yo, that's my boss? We don't do that. I mean, everybody at some point no, has to have don't. a boss, right? No, not in Harlem. What, what, do you, what do you think about that Dame Dash interview and what that may have done to the market of misinformation? I love the Dame Dash conversation. I think the essence of what he said is, is true. You know, you do want ownership like right. you know you should have ownership in something um i don't believe in necessarily belittling the employees you know because we all got to start somewhere and if you a boss who you got to have people that work right with you, yeah right? period it's a, it's know, a collaborative i like to say effort. work with you instead of for you yeah but, it's a collaborative effort yeah, so, everything so, so if you got people that work with you if they feel like you know you have that mentality like you're looking down on them or you think that they you know, yeah, less than they may not want to ride for you as hard. But I think uh, we got to we got to take a step back when we have these conversations about ownership, because, you know, um, Jay-Z, I pointed this interview that Jay-Z did with Kevin Hart on Heart for Heart, because I think he broke it down so simply. Steve Jobs owned one percent of Apple. I mean, now that one percent of a three trillion dollar company. Right. But if you look at his percentage, you're like. 1%? Ha, 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 We've been trained to look at the percentage of something you own. It ain't what you own. You can own 100% of nothing. It's whatever the strategy calls for. LVMH was a brilliant strategic partner for, for me. Like, mm -hmm. we were doing this out of our office. Like, there's no, there's no, there's no one that looks like us in Champagne. So you're not breaking in there from, you know, from New York City. Now, I could have said, 
I want to own 100% of this thing. Or I can own 50% of it and take this and push it even further. That was right for that specific situation. But there's some things that you want to own forever and you want to pass down to your kids. And I still, again, I own 50% of it. So it's still an asset that I can pass down to my kids. The idea really is to create these things and these foundations that you can pass on to a next generation. And they can build and take it even Wait. further. Um, some people are so happy having ownership of 100% of nothing. Mm. So would you rather have 100% ownership of a company that makes, you know, let's just say $100,000 a year. So that's your 100,000. Right. Or would you rather have, you know, 10%, 20%, 30%, 50%, 51% ownership of a company that's making multi-million dollars a that's year? That's what I'm saying. Like you you do the math. Right. Like I can that, that equity can still go to my kids. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And yes. at the end of the day it's all about the capital. So there's plenty of things that I have equity in. It, it, everything ain't 51% equity. Black Effect is 51% right. equity with iHeart. Right. But some things are 10%, some things are 20%. You know, when I do a TV show, it might be 15%. Right. But all I need is the capital. Exactly. When you get that capital, that real capital, now I can go out here and execute yes. some things yes. and straight out of my pocket. Yes. You know, yes. by the way, which, which I do all the time. Yes. Like, you know, there's plenty of investments that I use my capital right. to launch. Right. Yeah. So many takeaways, man. <clears throat> mm -hmm. um, but let me say that I enjoy having this conversation because, sweetheart, um, you know, on this show, we do a lot of uh, building of new blueprints to figure out where we're going to be next. Mm -hmm. And I think the, the one of the pivotal parts about building those new blueprints is to be very honest about the context that we're in right now. It's hard to build a building with supplies that don't exist yet, mm -hmm. right? So we have to use the tools and the context that we have right now in order to build forward. Saying that to say that uh, unless we do something radical, which might come up here in a second, how we view capitalism and capital is very much a present thing. Right. Um, Charlemagne is a great example of that. Charlemagne is the owner in part of the Black Effect Podcast Network, which is the biggest Black-owned podcast network, but it is in partnership, I think, 49%, 51% with iHeartRadio. Mm -hmm. Charlemagne is also one of the very few Black people to have their own publishing imprint, but is in partnership with Simon & Schuster. Mm -hmm. He also has his own Audible network that is in partnership with Audible and uh, um, Kevin Hart. He has done some films that has been in partnership with other uh, major corporations. I believe if we're looking at the grand chart of what it takes to be liberated, this type of least independence that Charlemagne is working on is a very advanced study, especially if we're looking at Cracker Jill as the normative of where we are right now, and that's tokenism. So if tokenism is in the past and Charlemagne is working on least independence from these corporations, I could call that progress. But here's where there's a stick in my craw, right? Okay. Is that the expression? I don't know. I don't know. Here's where there's a bug in my ass. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, a few things. Uh, first off, the guy's asking who is the, the market of misinformation. If we're talking about uh, different ways of creating capital, 
exposing Dame Dash's plan, exposing Charlemagne's plan, and exposing Jay-Z's plan, putting them against each other as if there is one solution, that's not it. We know that is a form of white supremacy to create a dichotomy or even a trichotomy in this situation, put them against each other and say that one of y'all have the solution, when in actuality it may be a combination or a different version of the three that leads them to their different types of success. Yeah. Right? Um, very interesting that uh, uh, my man Loon tried to scapegoat Charlemagne from that corporate tag as if those entities that I just mentioned, the Black Effect Network, his, uh, I think it's called the Black Privilege Printing, uh, Publishing, Black, Black Privilege Publishing imprint through Simon & Schuster, through iHeartRadio, through BET. So it's interesting that Charlemagne is very much a corporate shill. Mm -hmm. just to be very honest about it. But the fact that he's black, I feel like a lot of folks will try to give him that pass as if, yeah, we fuck with you fucking with corporations because we believe that corporations are the highest form of participation within capitalism, the best way that you could be yourself. We all... <laughs> I'm not going to call my people out. But we often... Uh, uh, let's just say... I'll put it in the later house. Let's say later house made the best shea butter in the world today, which she already did, right? Uh, we released it. We sold it minimal success but the second that we put johnson and johnson on there it seems like niggas would corral at a higher place mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying part of that is part of that is foolish part of that is the socialization that we've been pushed upon within this capitalist system to believe that the corporate systems are god mm -hmm. essentially um or even proximity to whiteness right mm -hmm. how close to whiteness you can be is how successful right um successful you are i wrote down with you but i can't remember why i said with you i don't know <laughs> i can't remember either uh it's so interesting that charlemagne not charlemagne that jay-z uses an example of apple that steve jobs owned one percent of apple and he was still an owner or starter of this billion dollar company um and then charlemagne follows that up in that clip by saying would you be happy which is an important question would you be happy with owning 100% of a $100,000 company or owning 10, 20, 50, 51% of a multi-million dollar company? Mm -hmm. And so, although I have set this up as a conversation of there are different types of ownership, this is going to answer the question of what are we supposed to do with niggas with money? And the reason why I ask that question is, we know that create to create wealth you have to, in a capitalistic system, to create wealth, which is this thing at the top, you have to siphon resources from the bottom. Right. We often know that the black folks, even within the name of our fucking race and culture, is, sick, is a signal of the bottom. So then what are we supposed to do when a black person makes it to a place where they are creating wealth in that same capitalistic system? Mm -hmm. So if the question is, and I love how Ami Bell, Shelly Bell, on XM Radio said in the comments of this video, she asked the question, would you rather own 100% of an orange or 10% of a watermelon? Right. And to which some dumbass nigga said, I'd rather own the farm. We not talking about that right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what we saying, right? Stay on task, nigga, damn. Um, um, and to which my automatic response is, oh, I want 100% of the orange. Why though? This is the important part of the question. It's not because I think Dame Dash is right, or it's not because, or somebody said Dame Dash and Ebony K. Williams were saying the same thing, but Ebony K. Williams caught, caught different smoke. Not even going down that lane, that's stupid. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, this is not a preference of Dame Dash. This is not a bash on Jay-Z. This isn't even a, a bash on black folks with money. What this is, though, is 
a reconciliation of what capitalism is. Right. What are we supposed to do with niggas with money is really a question of how are you creating wealth that is still beneficial towards the community, towards blackness in general. Mm-hmm. If you're only commi- if you're only creating wealth for you and your kids, you are not part of the solution. Right. I would say that you are part of the problem. You are like I said earlier about adding my passionate skills to the nonprofit sector, and it turned out that adding those passionate skills is actually adding passion to a system of oppression. Mm-hmm. That's what you're doing, Charlemagne. Right. You are putting a very beautiful, black, well-moisturized, well-voiced, every morning, Monday through Friday voice on capitalism to make sure to make it look like the partnership with these corporations is beneficial towards blackness, when in actuality it's beneficial towards you. Exactly. And there's a question that we have not asked. Aren't you responsible for your employees? Aren't you responsible (laughs) for the labor force that creates your profit? Right. Why do I feel like, this is complete conjecture, but why do I feel like, I'm gonna use the Black Effect Network specifically. Why do I feel like the Black Effect Network hires talents, does all the things to make it look like a black company. And then iHeartRadio does the destructive thing of labor. We're, we're gonna pay you minimum wage. Mm-hmm. We're gonna cap your raises. We're gonna limit profit. We're gonna raise prices. We're gonna change uh, whatever the, the talent payout is. We're gonna do that while Black Effect has the, the face of creativity. Why do I feel like that's the case? Probably not wrong. Yeah, I feel like that's the case because, like, when you when Jay Z says we weren't in Champagne before, you could have been in Champagne if you flew your ass to Champagne, France, bought a fucking field with some grapes in it, and made some motherfucking Champagne. You could have been in there, exactly. But you chose to choose the more financially and more capitable, the more capital productive lane by manipulating your labor and raising your prices. Mm-hmm. And so, sweetheart, I started off this conversation by saying that I think that I Am Virgo is a necessary watch. Let's click the second clip and I'll show you, I'll show your ass why. In the middle of this Afro-surrealistic um, show about a giant coming to age, all of a sudden we have very imaginative and very beautiful depictions of Marxism and communism. We have a, a solution to capitalism directly in front of our face on, on Prime. And when I ripped a video from YouTube this morning, it had two and a half thousand views. What? Two point five thousand views. I Big Drew Gaming got more views uh, uh, yeah. uh, playing Mario. I thought you were gonna say million. No. Wow. And this girl, this person, I don't even know what she identifies as. This person has uh, um, is going to deliver the solution to capitalism, like dead in our face in the middle of a sitcom. Play the video, sweetheart. There is a phenomenon called the crisis of capitalism. Under capitalism, businesses combine labor and materials to create goods or services for sale. Hold up. Each year, they must make more it's money playing, than the last to compete. Oh, uh, take that Jones explains and put it above Siphon Client. Okay. There we go. There is a phenomenon called the crisis of capitalism. Under capitalism, businesses combine labor and materials to create goods or services for sale. 
Each year, they must make more money than the last to compete or else be crushed by competitors. They do this by lowering wages and raising prices. Now those workers have less money to buy the products with and the company loses money. How do they fix that situation? By again, lowering wages and raising prices. It's a downward spiral during which we have large numbers of people who can't afford many of the goods that the economic system produces. Private HMO run hospitals like Crown are no different. Crown is nothing but a network of boxes with the purpose of sending cash to its owners. To get cash out of those boxes, they sell health as their product. We get sold the idea that hospitals are there with the primary purpose of helping people. But the crisis of capitalism compels them to raise their prices while people's overall wages are lowered. So people can't afford it and get turned away. In cases like scats, they die. It's why our developers and real estate companies have rents go up as wages go down, pushing people into the street. It's why our power company shuts our lights off regularly instead of buying from neighboring regions or spending money on upgrades. The power company, the real estate developers and Crown have the same group of owners who are also investors in much of the industry in the Bay Area. Our power comes from the fact that we are the ones that create that profit. All of these problems all have the same immediate solution. We shut everything down and force their hands. It's all connected, and that's how we have to fight it. We give them a choice. See to our demands and make less profit, or we shut you down and you make no profit. <laughs> that was dangerous as fuck. Right. You know, in 1960, during McCarthyism, <clears throat> if they had released this show, Boots Riley would have been arrested. Oh, yeah. You know what happened to Paul Robeson, right? What? Paul Robeson in his career started talking that socialism, talk, started talking that Marxism, the same thing. Maybe Boots Riley should have been the Paul Robeson Negro of the Week. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paul Robeson started talking that socialism, started talking that Marxism in his career, and they got his ass out the paint. Damn. The most you talk about uh, blacklisting. Mm -hmm. The most popular man on the planet, according right. to Time Magazine, died in a whimper, with a whisper. Why? Because he was presenting solutions that were outside of capitalism. Right. And so, sweetheart, when we ask the question, what are we supposed to do with these niggas with money? The real question I'm asking is, how are we holding these millionaires and these billionaires responsible and accountable for the ways that they make wealth? When Jay-Z said that capitalism is a bad word, it's like saying the N-word. He was saying it in a sense that like, hey, let me be. Right. But in actuality, capitalist is an N-word. Mm -hmm. especially if you black you should not be siphoning resources from your own community from the things in which you were trying to escape when you were a child mm -hmm. you should not be replicating and creating and duplicating those systems for children in the future so that your kids can look at Basquiat in the fucking living room excuse me I'm sorry I got an attitude mm -hmm. <laughs> you should So we were talking about different types of ownership, whether you want to be a 100% owner or whether you want to be a 50% owner. And I don't like to give right or wrong answers, but I feel like the pathway towards this thing that I'm calling black capitalism, which I think is a adversion of capitalism, which I actually think is socialism, mm -hmm. is uh, uh, the way to do that is to not. 
To know what? You don't. I, now, maybe I'm just a broke ass nigga. Maybe I don't know. But I feel like. I feel like if we have a product, sweetheart, and it's bussing, why do I got to pay people minimum minimum wage? Yeah. Why do I have to pay people below their, below a living wage? Why? So that I could be an increment richer? <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I really think that's all I got. That's really the thing I only got to say about that is like um, watching this show, watching that interview. I would rather have 100% of the orange because at least with 100% of the orange, I can control mm-hmm. the labor. Exactly. And you can control the vision of whatever your business or product is. Exactly. Right. I think the thing that Charlemagne is talking about, this buying in at my minority partnerships, I think that's a real privileged thing. Yeah. If statistically, me and my people only got one shot right. to build something great with the capital that we've, we've gained through our life. If we got one shot, I don't want Viacom to be in charge of my labor. I don't want Fox. I don't want Disney to tell me how I'm supposed to p- treat the people that create the profits for me. Right. That's all I got, sweetheart. We got the comments. Oh, what are your thoughts before we get to the comments? Yeah, I, I agree. I feel like to have these huge corporations basically feed the direction of your dream or your business, your goal, whatever, it's just, it's kind of like, it's kind of counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it doesn't really enact any systemic change within our community because yeah you're just one person and what are you really doing for exactly everyone else so exactly like how is this to quote dr umar johnson when he was giving them boys a good old-fashioned read mm-hmm. like you talking about you right we need to be doing community building what happened to right. the nation like, right. i thought we was doing nation building <laughs> or have these capitalists abandon the idea of building community is that how they, is that how you sleep at night? The fact that like, oh, I'm not worried about the community. The community is out there destroying itself. Well, so I wouldn't say everybody, cause look at Tyler Perry and uh, I'll even go with T.D. Jakes. <laughs> <laughs> There's people out there who are like. Tyler, that's too, you just gave the, you just gave the example. Tyler Perry, who I look at as a hundred percent owner and right. then T.D. Jakes is going in partnerships with these different corporations. Yeah. They're both doing things that are nation building per se. Right, right. Hmm. We got any comments, sweetheart? Yeah, so let's see. On Instagram. Who we got? We got just Google it K underscore. Just do just Google it K underscore? Yeah. All right. Hey. Hey, what's up? Rochelle. Rochelle Rice Music. Hey, morning, what's up, friends. Rochelle? Hey, good morning. Uh Detroit Rivers. Rochelle, Rochelle. <laughs> what do you say? <laughs> Detroit Rivers. Detroit. What up, Rivers? Danny. Danny, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> We got Coco Hontis. Oh, what's up? Hey, uh, Chicken Welch's Grape. Okay, good morning, good morning, good morning. Erica Americas. Erica! Okay, Hold and on. then... America! Okay, right. go ahead. <laughs> okay, Detroit River says, I want 100% of watermelon. Is that on task, LOL? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then he said, <laughs> he said mm, talk, good point, BMO. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. my bad... Good morning, lady of the house. Good morning, BMO. Okay, here we go. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> and then on YouTube, Drew says, oh, he said, my boy came the conqueror, 
got off basically like in the white woman is <laughs> he got off on all the charges and the white woman my man Jonathan Majors got off yeah that's, that's what he said then he also says I feel you on entrepreneurship I'm disillusioned with a 9 to 5 hold on Jonathan okay. Majors though man you oh, fucked man. the beginning of that up though <laughs> you fucked the beginning of that up you should have just kept quiet kept dating Megan Good and went to court cause now I'm questionable and I'm like did you yeah right uh, I'm like uh, I don't know <laughs> I won't celebrate too hard, but you know, I'm glad you can still star in movies. I'll put him on probation. You know, probation. Yeah. You know that's fair. Right. We put you on probation. We'll see how this Mega thing. This Mega. Now look now. <laughs> Mega good. Come, good. Now look now, man. Mega good come out of here with bruises, man. There's no <laughs> coming back, you, brother. <laughs> that's it. Drew <laughs> also said, "I feel you on entrepreneurship. I'm disillusioned with a nine to five, and and now I'm trying to channel our old debate team energy into a career through stand up and theater." There you go. Yeah, You're fine. not delusional. You gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. You gotta do what you gotta do. You're not loot. Well, here's the thing. Here's what Dame was saying in the interview that was different from Ebony K. Williams. Dame was saying you could be an entrepreneur even while having a job. Right, right. Like, you don't have to dedicate your whole life, mm -hmm. your whole existence as a laborer to somebody else. That right. just don't make no sense. Right. <laughs> My son has cookies. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> Uh, he also says it's not just about money it's about doing something that matters exactly right. yeah exactly this mm -hmm. is the conversation we have about form over function mm -hmm. these niggas have gotten to a place where they don't even think about the function of the business right. they just worried about getting the money from the business right. like damn the son. dollars like what are you, you gonna care? do with it right right Dr. Umar I didn't quote Dr. Umar too many times today but he <laughs> said name me a black billionaire that has built a relevant institution and it's like damn right other than the Donda school, <laughs> which wasn't accredited. <laughs> it's like, damn. Wasn't he feeding them sushi for lunch every day? He was. <laughs> Just think of Kanye. <laughs> no accreditation, but we got sushi for, sushi for sushi lunch. Sushi and vibes. Sushi and vibes. That's what we got. Sushi vibes and a basketball team. Everybody wearing black. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> Who gives these niggas money? Oh, we do. Us, That's right. right. We did. Damn. And then it stays in their pockets. Uh, it doesn't don't recycle come back. back. Right. Um, Drew said 100% of the orange means you own the brand look at Tyler Perry Viacom mm -hmm. offered to buy the majority rights to Medea but Tyler knew he had something special yep. now look at him running BT and VH1 that's right exactly that's right then he said Oprah talked about the importance of ownership and that owning your name and creating your own path is the key to not only your success but your people's okay well, yep. I'll take what? Oprah I'll take Oprah <laughs> yeah, okay yeah, okay I hear you and then he also said there's a black financial advice YouTube channel called Earn Your Leisure where they interviewed Steve, Har Steve Harvey about ownership of his name yeah I'm familiar you know, with Earn Your Leisure you what I'm familiar yeah. you, don't, you don't like them <laughs> I was watching a uh let me say that I don't like, I, not that I don't like them. Even Lafayette has tried, Lafayette from the bridge has tried to put me on, on your leisure a few times. Yeah. Like, here's some stock tips, here's some things that they talk about, here's some perspectives that they have, and every time that I listen, I've tried to listen like four or five times. I watched a series of documentaries on YouTube the last, yesterday, not even gonna say the last couple of days, yesterday called Copaganda. Mm-hmm. I feel like earn your leisure is capitalism aganda. What? Okay, I can see that actually. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like it's not like I disagree or I don't like them. I I I don't think I like the idea of black folks getting better at capitalism. I think that's the idea. Whether I'm right or wrong, I don't like getting better at the system may be progress. But I don't like if we stop 
as experts of the systems and not reformers of the systems. Because what I very rarely hear about on Earn Your Leisure is new blueprints. Okay. I just hear about how we perfected the old blueprints and how to get rich off of those. That's just my thoughts, though. I'm pretty sure Earn Your Leisure is a NAACP Image Award nominee. They have won podcast awards. They are doing great work. They're actually building equity in, in black people's pockets. I get that. I get that. Yeah. I get that. And I fuck with that. But on a higher level, I don't know if I want black folks to be better at cap at this form of capitalism. I just kind of feel like until we get can get to the point where we can remove ourselves from capitalism, we kind of have to play the game, you know? Yeah, I know. But that don't mean I don't want to listen to the rule book. You know what I mean? I feel you, yeah. You got any other comments? (laughs) Um, Drew said, he said your name is what gets you out of poverty and not to sell that. When you own your own, people can't cancel you. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Natalie said, morning, Morton, y'all. Morning. What up, Natalie? Good morning. With a T. Yeah. Morning. By Tyler Perry. Yeah, right. And mm-hmm. then EYL is definitely capitalism. Yeah, I feel like it's capitalism propaganda. Yeah. Um, that's just my thoughts, though. Got, um, all right, let's do this. We got a few on. Yeah, a few more comments? Yeah, on, on oh, let's get Instagram. Let's get it. Hey, we are, I'm going to light this blunt. Y'all, are, we are busted this morning. Detroit River says they can sing, though. Who? Uh... Not EYL. <laughs> I don't know. Mitch from the laboratory joined. What's up, Mitch? Good morning, man. We got Donovan. Hey. <laughs> Wake me up. <laughs> Boy. Uh, lights up. Lights underscore up. Donovan and I have the similar, we have a similar affinity for a, 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 a YouTube channel that's a favorite in the house, too. Prim's Hood Cinema. cinema. Huh? Prim's Hood Cinema. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we are fans. Right. <laughs> who's the, who'd you say after Donovan? Lights underscore up. What up, Lights Up? Uh, Cam Hendricks vibes. What's up, man? Uh, Ken. Ken, what's up, Ken? Yeah. And then we got Detroit River said, how do we feel about the NAP ministry? The NAP ministry? Yeah. Love them. And then Detroit River said, nobody's bigger than the program. Oh, he said Kanye's school can sing. Oh, they can sing too? Okay, okay, bet. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay bet. Here's what we're going to do, y'all. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to watch the music video of uh, Tone Che, Michael Robinson featuring Tashira. Make sure y'all check that out on social media platforms. Tone Che is available, T-O-N-E-C-H-E, all one word. Make sure you check that out on streaming platforms as well. My girl Lydia definitely hooked us up with the with the illustrations. Tonight, she'll be doing some live art. If you're in the city, go to D.C. Frey. Well, I think we're going to pull up. I think we might pull up. Yeah, I think we're going to pull up. we might pull up. We're going to go to uh, the D.C. Frey event for, I think it's a, I think they are doing the Pride event tonight, and, and Lydia is doing some live art. Looking forward to that. But definitely check out this video. Leave some comments for that, and we'll be right back with more. Who wake it with B? Mo, these niggas with money ain't shit for real unless they putting it back into the community. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 
The lady of the house is is mastering the transitions on OBS. <laughs> She's becoming a better producer by the day. It's so it's so great to see. Um, thank y'all for watching. We say. Well, said thanks for that. No problems. We are. You know what I'm saying we do it. If we had a little bit better technology, I think it'd be even easier for you. If we had like the little the little switcher switch, so that you could just see like an on the interface, and you just switch on a thing instead of looking at OBS and building all these scenes and oh, like a working little board. Yeah, like a little board. Okay. That'd be interesting. Yeah. That'd be interesting. And you know how people could help with that? You can subscribe <laughs> to the new Blueprint newsletter, okay? Go to the bmobrown.substack.com to make sure you put a, a little $5 on just to get the written machinations what's going on here in the show. We have some exclusive audio that happens on the joint. The uh, the new Blueprint Parlor podcast will be coming out specifically on the new Blueprint newsletter. Okay. Uh, so that'll be exciting. We had a great conversation. We did a review of that a couple of, uh, I think last week, if you want to go check that out, it's exclusively on YouTube because the audio is a little funky. But... Can I uh, say something about the video? The music oh, cool. Video? We got some comments on the video? Yeah. Yeah! So Rochelle said, this is on repeat at my house with... Oh, Tone J? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I was singing along. <laughs> Don't matter how many times I heard it. <sighs> oh, what's Rochelle's daughter's name? You remember? Uh, I, she was. I saw her on Instagram singing uh, uh, singing that Ashley Dior Brown song, and I'm hoping that we can get on a baby girl playlist for Tone J as oh, well. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, that's all I'm saying. That she can get the words memorized. To <clears throat> they already walking dead in the land of the lost. Damn, Ashley Dior Brown. Ruth. Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the truth, Ruth? <laughs> what a Strong black name. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Little uh, Ruth. <laughs> yeah. Um, she got black parents, man. I love it. I love yeah, it. I love it. Um, all right. You know what time it is. Mm-hmm. We just, if you just joined, we just finished a conversation about Boots Riley. We just finished a conversation about ownership and what we're supposed to do with these niggas of money if they're not contributing back to the community. Aren't they also, uh, you know, we got to call them, sweetheart? We should call them white. Yeah. If you are going to siphon from the black class for your individualistic success, regardless of biology, maybe, maybe we should just call them white. <laughs> and like I said before, the white N-word is white. And call Jay-Z white and see if he don't flip the fuck out. Mm -hmm. What? Anyway, that was our solution to that one. But you know what time it is. It's time for the Robson Negro of the Week Award. Except, Ooh. except, huh? he not a. Except he not a Negro this week though. He not a Negro this week. But I want to play. There are two clips that I want to play. I th was it? It wasn't Tuesday we talked about this. It was last week. 
We talked about this last Thursday with Dr. Umar. Was it Tuesday? That was last week. That was last week. Last week we uh, last week we discussed how Dr. Umar Johnson went on to one of these little dumbass niggas <laughs> podcasts. Then he talk about misogynoir as if it's a relevant topic to continually update and discuss. The sons of Samuels, if you will. Dr. Umar went on these went on one of these podcasts and ate these niggas up. I mean, <laughs> ate these niggas for breakfast. Uh, uh, and so I've I have my mind has been in the destructive not the destruction, but how do we destroy these destructive podcasts? And so there is a statistic, not that I listen to these podcasts often, because I don't. I had to research them when I was sleeping with Superman that one time. But other than that, I haven't spent a lot of time on these blackmail podcasts, but when I hear the 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 responses to them, I often hear the statistic about how black women aren't raising children correctly, how 70% of black women who are single mothers led to the most incarcerated uh, um, section of America and black men, which is, sounds ridiculous. Mm. Uh, but then I seen a white man. Sweetheart, before I even get to the white man, <laughs> you know there's something that we don't do on the show? What? There's something that you don't hear from me often? Statistics. Yeah. So I'm a scientist, right? Uh... I know a lot of people in the pandemic declared themselves scientists because they read a couple of journal entries, in which that is the form of science if you're going through the scientific process to come up with a to come up with a, a conclusion of source, but you're a bad scientist. I am a scientist. I'm not even gonna qualify it as a good scientist. I'm just not a bad scientist. <laughs> um, and in such, in the process of the scientific uh, in the scientific process. And how do we answer a question? How do we build a hypothesis? How do we form a big question? How do we test our variables? Things of that nature that you remember from middle school. <clears throat> uh, one flaw of science is that you have to know the question. Mm -hmm. You have to have thought of a question in order to get to an answer. And the reason why I I'll use science, I'll use statistics in the new Blueprint newsletter, but when we're talking on the show and we're talking on the street, I don't particularly like to use statistics because statistics show results of old data or results of old questions or results of several flaws that can happen within the scientific process that can lead to biased answers or whatever. Um, this stat that we're going to show you is a very good example of such, but the reason why I don't do that is because statistics don't often reveal new blueprints. Mm -hmm. They often just tell the story of what was, and then you come up with your own analysis of what that thing was. So I don't like using statistics because they often alienate and they give you an opportunity to be wrong. Right? right. I don't believe a right and wrong, but if I came over here and said black folks are 10% of the country, I'm objectively wrong. It's just like, we've done the test. Yeah. Nigga, you wrong. Therefore, everything you must be saying is wrong. So I try to stay away from statistics. But this white man uh, uh, comes out with these statistics to tell us what we already know, that the niggas on these podcasts is tripping. Yeah. And so my Paul Ropes and Negro of the Week is this white man whose name I don't even know, <laughs> who's quickly about to watch in two parts who's doing the very loud and dangerous thing of possibly destroying these destructive black platforms. Usually I'd be like, that's terrible. Why would a white man destroy these black platforms? But when you see this clip, 
Maybe. <laughs> Maybe he should be on his job. <laughs> Single mothers are literally the worst parents on the entire planet. Statistics back that. Over 70% of young men that grow up under a single mother, single mother in particular, end up in prison. So everything that this man just said is a complete lie. Which means it must be time for another round of These Aren't Facts. They're just things you made up to justify your feelings. Now the often quoted statistic is that 70% of inmates come from single mother homes, which would represent about 840,000 of the 1.2 million people incarcerated according to the Department of Justice in 2021. Meanwhile, 70% of the estimated 19 million children raised in single mother homes would be about 13 million. And I'm not sure how Aaron's defining young men, but even if we adjust for that, it would still be an absurdly wrong number. Okay, so Aaron misspoke, but what about that 70% statistic? That has to be correct, right? After all, it's repeated everywhere. Women gotta hold themselves accountable because 70% of boys in jail are raised by single mothers. Single sisters are to blame for the high population of men in jail. 70% of youth and juvenile delinquent facilities come from single mother homes. 80% of all youths in prison are from single mother homes. If you compare a single mother, there's 80% chance of going to jail. 80% of all prison inmates came from single mother's homes. I did the research, 80% of black males who were in jail come from single mother homes. And we are filling up these prisons with fatherless kids. Okay, so we're not sure if it's 70% or if it's 80%, if it represents all prisoners, just young men, or only black men. But what we do know is that prisons are full of young men from single mother homes and the women folk are to blame for it. And this statistic has been copy-pasted across every website for fathers' rights groups and family law attorneys representing fathers. But notice that it's different. It's 70% of juveniles in state-operated institutions, not prisoners. But even that claim is wrong. It comes from this 1987 report from the Bureau of Justice Statistics. And it says across all juveniles in state-operated institutions, 70% of them did not come from a two-parent home, which includes single mothers, but also single fathers, homes where the child was raised by other relatives, and foster homes. In fact, single parents were only 54%, and of that, 48.4 were single mother households. But it's important to remember that this is 35-year-old data about juveniles in juvenile institutions, not prisons. And they only surveyed about 10% of juveniles, so while it might be indicative, it should not be taken as a concrete fact. Now, the statistics on inmates are actually fairly easy to get, thanks again to juveniles in juvenile institutions, not prisons. And they only surveyed about 10% of juveniles, so while it might be indicative, it should not be taken as a concrete fact. Now, the statistics on inmates are actually fairly easy to get, thanks again to the Bureau of Justice Statistics. And in 2002, they showed that the number of offenders from single mother homes actually dropped from 41 to 39%, and went back up in 2016 to 41.1%. Meanwhile, homes with a father represented 40.7% of all offenders. It's almost neck and neck. So while prisons may not be overflowing with offenders from single mother households, it does represent an elevated risk about two to three times. And since your lifetime incarceration risk is about 5%, what that means is instead of 70% of children raised by single mothers going to jail, actually well over 80% will avoid ever seeing a jail. Okay, but that still means that single mums offer the worst outcomes, right? Well, studies have also looked at incarceration rates for different household types. And they did again find that three times risk for single mother households. And you can see that when we adjust for social, educational, and economic disparity, that risk drops to about two times. But before single fathers start to crow about this, look what happens when dad gets a new partner. They offer some of the worst outcomes. And when we remove the economic advantage that single fathers often have, you can see that single fathers with a new partner offer the worst outcomes, beating out single mothers, single mothers with stepfathers, and even children not raised by either parent. So if we really care about childhood outcomes, we need to be teaching men not to ignore their children the minute a new woman shows up. 
And even if we just want to focus on improving the outcomes for single mother households, then we need to talk about what causes them, which is absentee fathers, because absentee fathers are a huge problem. Anywhere between a fifth and a quarter of all fathers have no contact with any of their children. And this is often framed as, oh, my baby mother or my B of an ex-wife doesn't let me see the kids. But that's also not true, because when we look only at men with high levels of custody, 40%, almost half of those who start out with weekly contact, virtually abandon their children within eight years, having little to no contact. And studies have looked into the risk factors for father abandonment and found that once again, top of the list is fathers who have a new partner. And if they have a child with that new partner, then virtually all of them abandon their previous children. So if we really care about improving childhood outcomes, then we need to stop talking about single mothers and instead talk about the disgusting attitudes and behaviors in fathers that treat their children as disposable. So you telling me Brian McKnight been the problem this whole time? <laughs> <laughs> Brian McKnight has been the example of bad blackmanship this whole time? <laughs> I'm only that we could be together. <laughs> Damn, that nigga did start back at one. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, no. <laughs> you know what, sweetheart? I was going to take this into the Paul Robes and Negro of the Week, but you know what? I'd like to make it. I'd like to change something. Okay. I think the Paul Robes and Negro of the Week is Boots Riley. Right. Obviously, <laughs> I think the obvious Paul Robeson Negro of the Week is Boots Riley for introducing socialism, Marxism, and communism into an Afro-surrealistic piece of media, putting that joint onto Amazon Prime and disseminating it out to black folks to view publicly. Right. That shit might change lives, or at least change my life. <laughs> Saying that to say, uh... I think, you know what I'd be very interested in? Because I still believe in black men. I'd want to, I really want to go on one of these dumbass podcasts. I really do. If you know somebody with a dumbass podcast like that, let me know. I really want to go. Because I'd love to see them respond to that. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to see them respond to that. I see Drew made a comment saying that. Uh, in debate, this is a very emotional tactic that the black men are presenting. But the hilarious thing is that if you watch a longer clip of each one of these individual podcasters, you'll see that like they claim they're making logical points. Mm -hmm. And that if you don't meet them with I don't know, better logic. <laughs> I don't know how you have better logic. Logic is either sound or not sound. That's why it's logic. Right. But if you don't meet them with better logic, then somehow your argument is invalid. Or if you meet them at an emotional level, you're labeled as emotional, which is feminine, which, you know, feminine is terrible. <laughs> to be feminine is the worst. Bitch niggas. But anyway, um, yeah, I would love to see them respond to that. Because there is... <laughs> There is, there is always the question in my mind of what if niggas is just dumb, right? right? What if niggas have been taught the wrong thing? There's a very high prob probability within these niggas. Leia and I in house, we have talked about how, who we talking about, Trick Daddy and... Um, <laughs> Was it Juvenile? Trick, Dial and, Trick Daddy and Juvenile. <laughs> Some of the poster boys 
for niggadom and real niggerness mm-hmm. do not have public allegations against them mm-hmm. are not openly misogynistic I know what they do when they private lives. I don't know what they do with the, the women. I don't, I don't know. But when you listen to their music and then you see how they've been operating in hip-hop, in culture, in blackness, you never hear people about how these individuals are treating the women around them mm-hmm. badly. If I'm wrong, correct me now. But the overall point I'm trying to say is r- the trait of real nigga is not the problem. Right. That's not the problem. These niggas may very well be real niggas, true niggas, real men, great men, whatever it is, and just be miseducated. Just be misinformed. I'd be very interested to put opposing facts directly in their face and see how they respond. If they stand in the misogyny or if they have a realization, because the lady house told me a long time ago, toxic niggas don't have realizations. Hmm. Are you toxic or are you misinformed? I want to know. I know a lot of people have already made their judgment, and which their judgment is probably true. <laughs> it's probably true. But in the off chance that they are just misinformed, I'd love to hear their response. What do you think their response would be, sweetheart? <laughs> I feel like they would try and find a way to blame it on women, <laughs> as they do. Damn. Right. Yeah, because I'm I'm thinking of most of these podcasts and a lot of them don't really ever come to the point of, huh, you know what? You might be right. Or, you know, <laughs> I never hear that. <laughs> it's always, but what about? Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, man. You just you just crushed my little hope just now because you're right, though. But you're right, though. And the end of these podcasts never is like, huh. Right. You made a point. Yeah. <laughs> Let me. Let me retrace my steps. Or, or it'll even be, we'll agree to disagree. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, I, I, I've heard that you told me I'm wrong, but I'm right. just not going to do nothing about it. Right, right. I mean, I, I still hope that we <laughs> can get to the point where that's not the case, but... We'll see. <laughs> right. We'll see. We got any questions, sweetheart? Uh, got any comments, questions? Because, not questions. We got any comments? Uh... Yeah, Dr. Renewable said, Bemo Brown down with science and up with black magic. I guess. <laughs> I'm up with science. That's why I want to ask these niggas. I want to ask the questions instead of just, well, I'm down. I'm up with black magic too, so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's all good. And then we got Maurice and Nico. Maurice! Nico! Hey. What's up, y'all? And then Dr. Renewable said, someone called Nick Cannon, and then he added Nick Cannon. <laughs> 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 and then we got the collective grenade. Hey, what's up, Sid? Hey. And then on YouTube, Drew said you should buy a device called a Stream Deck. It serves as a customizable board. I use one for my channel for transitions, sound effects, and shortcuts. That's what I'm saying. True. Okay. Yeah, we. I we should buy that, shouldn't we? <laughs> All right, go ahead. <laughs> he also said the thing about these podcasts is they don't hold up against actual rigorous intellectual debaters an actual rigorous intellectual debater they play off of blackmail hurt and don't offer critical analysis of data of course not umar ate them up because he understands sociology and political science then podcast negroes have nothing but an opinion and internet access mm. damn exactly i'm trying not to be that just a nigga with an opinion and internet access that's why i feel like the yeah. the new blueprints is so important right we got to make these things real mm-hmm. and then he also and said, we can oh. be wrong Go this way, oh, my bad. Not good. No, I'm done. Nothing. 
He also said from a debate standpoint, podcasters argue from an emotional perspective, which can be countered by a logical-based argument, mm-hmm. which is what you were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. And then Good Vibe Tribe says, oh, that just struck a chord. Yeah. About the, yeah. About the fathers? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Drew said that man just dropped some facts. Yeah. And then he also said, these podcasters remind me of pedagogy of the oppressed, of mm-hmm. how people attack sideways rather than up because they're actually powerless to fight the oppressors. That's the point. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah. And then Good Vibe Tribe says it's giving the players are falling into the same thing the Tiki Torch White are. Damn. Damn. That's crazy. That's deep. That's deep. And then Carl on Instagram said today's episode. What's up, Carl? Carl Scott said today's episode was impactful. Good brother. Appreciate you, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate that, man. Appreciate that. Um, speaking of impact. It's time for the most impactful part of the show. Oh no! You know what time it is? <laughs> it's time. Not oh no! <laughs> today. It's time for the burning question. Roach. Burning question from a sweetheart. Burning question. Roach. Okay. Um. Let's take it to Boots Riley. Mm, what's up, Boots? Hmm, okay. Do you think that this could be uh, a step in the right, right direction for our liberation? No, because they're going to cancel that joint. Damn, you think so? Yeah. That's a short That's answer. That's sad. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to. I mean, we didn't get Lovecraft season two. Right. Uh, I was very surprised that they um, renewed another season for rap shit on HBO with Issa Rae. Yeah. But I think they kind of had to because there is no other black programming for real. Not to say that the show is not good because I've heard great things about it. Uh, But just that the viewership is low. Mm -hmm. Um, No, I have... And maybe I'm just preparing myself for the worst. I have no hope that there'll be a season two. And on top of that, because it's so uh, surrealistic, mm-hmm. I think some niggas will put it in the category of, I just don't like that. True. Or put it in the, scientific, the science fiction situation and be like, that's just not for me. Right. Or I was reading some reviews this morning. Uh, a lot of white people were watching the show because they were just intrigued by a giant boy. Mm-hmm. Um but then they said they stopped watching after episode four when they got into the black the Black Lives Matter stuff and the Marxism and communism stuff yeah. as if uh, capitalism, as an actual quote was, they said, as if capitalism is the reason why uh, governments fail. And it was like, yeah, it is, though. <laughs> it is why right. governments fail. But um, do I think... I think this, I think when you present communism, I think when you present solutions to black, to problems, to problems of the lower casted system, uh, lower casted class, I think you create two things. I think you create more people like me who are willing to be intermediaries between a very heady academic thing and a very dissectable and culturally 
uh, approachable thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you also have white people who are looking at it like, uh oh, they're getting too close. Right. This is a little dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, I don't know. But at the same time, nobody, I don't think anybody's watching it. That's crazy. I don't think anybody's watching it. The reviewers on YouTube are scarce. And this also makes you feel like we have an opportunity here for the show, for the yeah. YouTube channel. I feel like maybe this is my time to do a, a video essay and break down some of these episodes of uh, I'm a Virgo and show his true genius of what's going on because there are some moments in I'm a Virgo that you're like, wait, wait, what? Right. <laughs> what are we watching? Yeah. Uh, there's another portion of the show at the end of the show where they do this similar tactic, but they do it towards police. Yeah. Right. And it shows basically a police officer his own role in a destructive system of capitalism. Like mm-hmm. All these things point back to making money for a very few amount of people. Right. Uh, so, you know, I, ho- I hope there's a season two. I hope we get some more weird black things. I hope Afro surrealism is the, is the path forward. Um, I hope, and maybe that is where my role is. I hope that we can dissect some of these very surrealistic moments into things that we can actually appreciate in real life. Like, you know, are you going to have sympathy for a giant the next time you see him after watching the show? I mean, sure. But like, are you going to see a giant actually? No, but you will see a growing black boy who doesn't know his place in the world quite yet. So how do we translate that? Or a black girl who is stuck in time. Everybody else is moving slow and she is advancing rapidly around them, mm-hmm. but she has to slow herself down so that she can find love and find appreciation and be a part of a, a community. All these things are very intentional within that conversation so boots riley really he really did that and he really did that show was yeah right yeah yeah and even even acknowledging that there is i think i'd have to talk to boots himself i think there's i think there are some moments where amazon stepped in and said there were some mandates to grow a bigger audience Mm -hmm. i think there are some storylines even a particular episode that is dedicated to that Mm-hmm. But outside, I mean, shit, you know what I'm saying? This is least independence, my nigga. This is not freedom. Yeah. <laughs> this is not liberty. Right. <laughs> okay. Okay. You can show the solutions, but you're going to have an all white episode in there, brother. Okay. okay. And wasn't it only like, what, seven episodes, I think? Yeah, seven episodes. Right. Right. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right, we got any comments on this? We, we, can get, we can get up out of here. Yeah. Um, gotta go pick up a chair. <laughs> Good Vibe Tribe says, can't wait for a Wake and Bake soundtrack. LOL. Oh, they don't even know. <laughs> Y'all don't even know. They don't even know. <laughs> we got some bangers in the house, man. You don't even know. You don't even know. <laughs> I'll bend it over my side. They don't even know, sweetheart. I think you're pretty. They don't even know. <laughs> we got some jams in the house, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the the Black Family blog, a classic. This <laughs> the black. <laughs> they don't even know. Oh, you know about it. Copyright our song. You, there's a song that we forgot that was a hit. <laughs> Ooh, wait till it come back. Um, Drew said podcasters often forget a big part of quote unquote traditional manhood is protecting and providing for their women. If we all if all we do is blame and bash, they're failing as men. Right. 
How you leading? And being like, they fucking up. Weak, um, man. <laughs> Tribe also said, burning question for the roach full version would go. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Mm-hmm. Drew said, people want to blame the world's problems on some single enemy they can fight instead of a com- complex network of interrelated, interrelated forces beyond anyone's control. You got to watch on Virgo. Yeah. You got to watch it. Mm-hmm. And then he said, for black male podcasters, it's black women and single mothers. And I don't understand what they did wrong to anybody. Right. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand right. what day black women and black <laughs> single mothers came out and said, you know what? Fuck the world. Right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure black single mothers are just taking care of their kids. I just, like, I just feel like they're just why? doing the best they can. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm trying to keep the lights on. Right. Trying to make sure this little nigga is cool. <laughs> I'm trying to make sure I'm fulfilled. And somehow... The world is like y'all right. fucking up. Right. Well, all right. <laughs> do you want to help? No. Okay then. Like, what you say? Do you want to help? No. <laughs> okay. Then. Like, shut the fuck up. All right. Right. Exactly. And then Kendall said, "I'm gonna check it out. I like Boots. Boots's work. Also, good morning, beautiful people." And then wave. Hey, Kendall. Good morning, Kendall. How you doing, brother? You made it. Hey. We got to make it to Denver. Okay. We yeah. got to be more than talk. Okay. We got to <laughs> go to Denver. <laughs> we got to go to Denver. That's why I got to go pick up a check. <laughs> All right, y'all. It's that time of the show. Uh, as always, you can check out the instant replay on YouTube or Twitter or on my Facebook. If you really, if you really want to go on my Facebook, do niggas really go on Facebook like that? I don't know. Oh, God. <laughs> Definitely check out the podcast. They say that the 72% of uh, uh, media is still ingested by audio only so I'm going to take that stat and apply it here we do have a very audio uh, 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 centric people over here a lot of people live in different time zones people move they just want to listen to the show on the move I get it definitely check that out on all uh, podcasting platforms Spotify Apple Music that's the only spot that's the only two podcasting platforms I know for real <laughs> podcasts.com <laughs> <there>, I guess <laughs> 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 um, I want to be on the radio. Okay. I'm just gonna start doing manifestations at the end of the show. <laughs> but before we get to the end, don't go nowhere. We have a special presentation, a special gift for you. This joint is actually a vibe. This joint actually might become the permanent outro yeah. <laughs> for the show because Black Boy Joy goes, my man. Uh, good vibe tribe over here, Detroit Rivers. I know him as Jordan. Jordan, were you my RA? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but still a good friend, a father. Nice. Um, yeah. A, good, a, <laughs> a black father. He's not part of the one fifth <laughs> that the white man was talking about in that video. <laughs> We're going to leave you with Black Boy Droy. Thank y'all for watching the show. We'll see y'all next week. Right? More clips coming out. Good morning. Hold on tight, don't let this feeling slip away. Oh. Yes, it is. Yeah, happy feelings. Break a Beverly, you may don't, don't be a man. Find yourself, learn your joys and pain. Live your voice and sing. Your voice. The sounds in your heart, don't you worry about a thing. And don't forget your lyrics. This is a reminder of joy every time you hear it. Just listen to your everybody's joy. Smile, you get weary. Contagious, won't you share it? Black boy joy get up again and uh-huh. black boy joy through all the pain. 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 Uh-huh. Black boy joy through all the
all the pain and black boy joy say it again one more time get this black boy joy up on your brain let this black boy joy give you some game black boy joy get up again and black boy joy through all the pain and black boy joy say it again where I was raised, black boys was being destroyed. I grew up a black boy, they had stole my joy. Nobody put on my neck, so I do it for Floyd. Do it for Tamir Rice and for the underemployed. For the ones that gave back, communicated, deployed. I want to give you a rope so that you can abort. I want to give you a hope so that you can avoid having to be a black man without no black boy joy. So get this black boy joy up on your brain. Let this black boy joy give you some game. Black boy joy, get up again. And Black boy joy through all the pain and black boy joy say it again one more time get this black boy joy up on your brain let this black boy joy get you some game black boy joy get up again black boy joy through all the pain and black boy joy say it again for us it's easier to go to jail than to go to college rather us be entertainers than be getting knowledge they fund their own genocide the word is power killing niggas in every song i think it's coward easier to act tough when you and down because the world incriminates us Cause we in doubt Now we afraid of our own kind And it's really wild I think they got us backwards But I figured out It's easier to fit in Than it is to stand out So I'm black boy joy When I'm cruising around And I'm black boy joy Fresh hitting the town And I'm black boy joy Dancing cleaning the house And I'm black boy joy When I go for a hike Been black boy joy Since I was riding a bike My son black boy joy And that's crazy to me I was miserable growing up I really hated it G, but the world is much bigger than I was able to see, so get this black boy joy up on your brain, this black boy joy get you some game, black boy joy get up again, and black boy joy do all the pain, and black boy joy say it again, one more time, get this black boy joy up on your brain, this black boy joy get you some game, black boy joy get up again, and black boy joy do all the pain, and black boy joy say it again, smile.